2: Can you hear me? This is good?
1: Yes.
2: Okay, So I'm going to read you a story from the book. It's the first chapter. Uh, So if you haven't started reading, um, I'm going to help you start. It's called Warning Signs. When I was 10 years old, I wrote a letter to my future self and buried it in my backyard. 17 years later, I remembered that I was supposed to remember to dig it up two years earlier. I looked forward to getting a nostalgic glimpse into my childhood. Perhaps I would marvel at my own innocence or see the first glimmer of my current aspirations. As it turns out, it just made me feel real weird about myself. The letter was scrawled in green crayon on the back of a utility bill. My 10 year old self had obviously not spent much time planning out the presentation of it. Most likely, I had simply been walking through the kitchen and suddenly realized that it was entirely possible to write a letter to my future self. (laughs) (laughs) The overwhelming excitement of this realization probably caused me to panic and short circuit, making me unable to locate proper writing implements. There was no time for that kind of thing. I did, however, manage to fight through the haze of chaos and impulse long enough to find a crayon stub and a paper surface to mash it against. The letter begins thusly. Dear 25-year-old, note, not dear 25-year-old me or dear 25-year-old self, just dear 25-year-old. Do you still like dogs? What is your favorite dog? Do you have a job training dogs? Is Murphy still alive? What is your favorite food? Are mom and dad still alive? I feel it's important to note the order of those questions. Obviously, dog-related subjects were my chief concern. (laughs) Murphy was my family's dog, followed closely by the need to know my future favorite food. Only then did I pause to wonder whether my parents had survived. (laughs) 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 The letter continues with a section titled, About Me. My name is Ali and I am ten years old. I have blonde hair and blue eyes, my favorite dog is a German Shepherd, my second favorite dog is a Husky, my third favorite dog is a Doberman Pinscher. (laughs) This is troubling for a number of reasons. The first of which is that I apparently thought my future self wouldn't be aware of my name or eye color. The second thing is the fact that I just tacked on my favorite dog breeds at the end there, like it was every bit as important to my identity as the other things. As if my past self had imagined my future self standing in the yard above the upturned earth, clutching my letter and screaming, but what dogs did I like? <laughs> How am I supposed to understand my identity without knowing what dogs I liked when I was 10? <sighs> I took a break from writing at that point to draw several pictures of what appeared to be German Shepherds. <laughs> Below the German Shepherds, I wrote the three most disturbing words in the entire letter. Three words that revealed more about my tenuous grasp on reality than anything else I've uncovered about my childhood. There, at the bottom of the letter, I had taken my crayon stub and used it to craft the following sentence. Please write back. (laughs) Judging by the thick, purposeful lines in each letter, I was applying a truly impressive amount of pressure to the crayon. The sincerity of the request was unmistakable. When I asked my future self what my favorite dog is, or whether my mom and dad were still alive, I actually expected to get
0: answers.
2: (laughs) And apparently, I still expected to be 10 years old when I got those answers. Please write back. I imagine myself patiently standing in the yard, day after day, thinking, "Anytime now, it's going to happen soon, I just know it. (laughs) Time travel is a complex subject that I don't expect a 10-year-old to fully understand, but this is more than just a basic misunderstanding of time travel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost definitely not a time traveler, but in case I am, I decided to write back. In fact, I decided to write letters to several iterations of my past self because I felt there were important things I could explain to myself or things I could warn myself about. Allow me to begin with a letter to my two-year-old self. Dear (laughs) two-year-old, Face cream is not edible. No matter how much it looks like frosting, no matter how many times you try, it's always going to be face cream and never frosting. I promise I wouldn't lie to you about this. It's, n- it's honestly never going to be frosting. <laughs> For the love of fuck, please stop. <laughs> I need those organs you're ruining.
0: <laughs>
2: Dear four year old. <laughs> Allow me to preface this by saying that I don't know why you started eating salt in the first place. But regardless of the precipitating circumstances, there you are. As soon as you became aware that eating huge amounts of salt is really, really uncomfortably salty, you should have stopped eating salt. That's the solution. The solution is not to begin eating pepper to cancel out the salt. You've found yourself in this predicament several times now and every time you get trapped in this totally preventable cycle, you've done more than enough experimenting to come to the conclusion that pepper is not the opposite of salt all by yourself, but somehow you seem to remain stubbornly unaware of this fact. (laughs) (laughs) To reiterate, No matter how much pepper you eat, it won't undo the ludicrous amounts of salt you ate before it. The only thing you're accomplishing by eating pepper is making your mouth taste like pepper and salt. (laughs) Similarly, switching back to salt again won't cancel out the burning from the pepper you ate to cancel out the original salt. (laughs) How is this so difficult to understand? You can stop whenever you want to. (laughs) As a side note, you really need to start learning from your mistakes. Believe me, I know what happens when you discover electric fences next year and you could do without that. (laughs) (laughs) And you could do without that seventh jolt of electricity. (laughs) Dear (laughs) five-year-old. What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Normal children don't have dead imaginary friends. (laughs) Normal children don't pick open every single one of their chicken pox scabs and then stand naked and bleeding in the darkened door to their bedroom until someone walks past and asks asks what they're doing. (laughs) Furthermore, normal children don't respond by saying, I wanted to know what all my blood would look like. (laughs) Normal children also don't watch their parents sleep from the corner of the room. (laughs) Mom was really scarred by the exorcist when she was younger and she doesn't know how to cope with your increasingly creepy behavior. (laughs) Please stop, please, please stop. Dear six-year-old, you're having an absurdly difficult time learning the letter R. (laughs) You practice all the time and you have mastered every other letter in the alphabet, both uppercase and lowercase. But for reasons beyond my comprehension, R just destroys you. Look at this. How does that happen? How do you mess something up that badly? The first one is understandable, but what's going on with that middle one? How did that extra protrusion get there? And look at the tiny one on the right. That one has four protrusions. I'm not an expert on protrusions, but that's way too many. I think if you took some time to relax and really look at the letter R, you'd see that it's not nearly as complicated as you're making it. Dear (laughs) seven-year-old, Look at the other children around you. (laughs) Do you see how they're wearing clothing? (laughs) That's because they're seven years old and they've all realized that it's no longer appropriate to take their clothes off in public. (laughs) But you haven't realized that, have you? People have tried to explain it to you, your teachers have tried, your parents have tried, even the other students have expressed discomfort with your persistent and inexplicable nakedness. But you just don't stop. Why do you want to be naked so badly? Do you even know why? Are you overtaken by forces beyond your control that make you do this? (laughs) (laughs) Regardless, clothing is a reality that you need to accept. There are no loopholes to this. You can't take your clothes off and hide in the corner hoping no one notices. You can't trick the teachers into letting you be naked by burying yourself in the sandbox. Your clothes are in a pile next to you. They know. Dear ten-year-old. Wow, you really like dogs. (laughs) In fact, you like dogs so much that I'm not even sure it's emotionally healthy. (laughs) It might be normal to love dogs a lot or to be really interested in dogs, but you go way, way past that. Normal children don't walk around pretending to be a dog nearly as much as you do, for example. You're 10. It makes people wonder about your developmental progress when you growl and bark at them. (laughs) An even more concerning issue is the obstacle course. Fine, you want to train your dog to run through an obstacle course. That's pretty normal. What isn't normal is making your mother time you as you crawl through the course on all fours. Over and over and over again. (laughs) You're making mom think that she did something wrong to make you this way. (laughs) Now that we've gotten that out of the way, allow me to answer your questions. Do you still like dogs? Yes, but not as much as you do. I've developed a healthy relationship with dogs. What is your favorite dog? I don't know. This may come as a surprise to you, but knowing exactly where each dog breed ranks on my list of favorites isn't the pressing issue that it used to be. Do you have a job training dogs? No, I can't even train my own dogs, let alone the dogs of other people. (laughs) Is Murphy still alive? Of course not. I don't know whether you're being optimistic or you actually don't understand that dogs usually won't live to be 25, but you really set yourself up for a lot of disappointment there.
0: <laughs>
2: what is your favorite food? Nachos, which is fortunate because in the future you're dysfunctional and you don't take care of yourself, so you end up eating a whole lot of nachos.
0: <laughs>
2: Are mom and dad still alive? Actually, you turned out to be Batman, so we, have to, we had to have them put down for storyline purposes. <laughs> Dear 13-year-old, I think everyone was relieved when you started to grow out of your unhealthy obsession with dogs. Unfortunately, now you think you're a wizard. I know this because I found your collection of spells. Tell me, how does mixing Dijon mustard with sand and then eating it make someone love you? (laughs) First of all, I thought your extensive early experiences with ingesting non-food substances would put you off of attempting something like this. Secondly, no one is going to love you until you stop doing things like trying to make them love you by eating mustard sand. (laughs) (laughs) Dear other iterations of my past self, thank you for not being so goddamn weird that I felt I had to address you personally in a letter from the future. I commend you. (laughs) The end. I, I sometimes do a Q&A after this, um, after stuff like this. Would you guys be interested in that? Uh,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, we can take a few questions. Let's see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I really, really love um,
1: how over came out and about it, uh,
0: depression in your life. And I'm curious what's sort of the uh, best and worst of uh, your experience of doing that
2: publicly? Oh gosh, um, I don't know if I, there's a, a bad part of it. I mean, it's been, it was more positive than I expected even. <laughs> I, uh, I was a little bit worried that nobody would be able to relate to it because depression is just inherently isolating and you feel like nobody could possibly be this miserable or... Um, you know, and it was just my attempt to explain it in sort of a, a humorous way, which is the way that I normally cope with things. So I was thinking, like, maybe maybe people would be offended that I was writing about something so serious with like a little bit of levity. Um, I, I was I was worried about it. So the the response was was actually a very very positive thing for me. Um, the best part has been that you know everybody who finds comfort in it, I also find comfort in the fact that they found comfort in it. It's sort of a weird like two way street where. Um, we we can both relate. Huh? And yeah. yeah. Make sure I repeat the question. Oh, yeah. yeah. He told me to make sure to repeat the question. I've been forgetting to do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be a physical impossibility to respond on your blog without using baby talk. Really? Do you, do, you, do you ever get tired of that?
2: Baby talk? Well, that the
0: whole sort of all the, you know, all the nouns kind of
2: Oh yeah, (laughs) that. I mean, I I don't. I don't get tired of it. Like, I um, if if I'm reading through a particularly baby talky stretch of things, I'll just maybe speed through it a little bit more. But (laughs) I I never get mad or annoyed or anything. Do you still
0: have the
2: corn? The what? The
0: floor
2: corn. Oh yeah, (laughs) the the corn. (laughs) Yes, we we saved it. It's shriveled up into like a barely recognizable little like. Yellow piece nugget thing, <laughs> but I uh, guess it's it's still there on the counter.
0: <laughs> you frame it. Or
2: <laughs> no, no, uh, I'm not nearly that uh, that responsible or like I don't I, I don't have my shit together enough to <laughs> to frame the corn.
0: <laughs> In the back. You be able to the impression
2: here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna disappoint everyone. <laughs> Um, so I I don't do voices for characters because I was horribly traumatized by Garfield when I was younger.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I mean, I, I grew up reading, like, the funny papers and reading Garfield's voice in my head as, like, a, this specific thing. And when they came out with, like, the Garfield cartoons and stuff with an actual voice, it was... It was just so disturbing to have it be so different than the the voice I had in my head, and so I don't I don't want to do that to anyone, and I, I fear <laughs> that I I would if I tried to speak in Spaghetti Nuttall's voice. <laughs> so I'm sorry. anybody else? Oh yeah, in the back there.
0: Hi, I'm sorry. I can't Um. <laughs>
2: Oh, gosh, that's a good question. She asked what one of my favorite memories from the past few years was. Oh, gosh. I mean, there have been some moments that are just sort of surreal. Like, I had to get up for a super early... um, tape like radio interview um, a few weeks ago in in my hometown of Bend and I, I'm normally not a morning person at all and this was just a crazy early day for me and I was so miserable I was so tired I was feeling bad and I got in the car and there was all sorts of like ice on the window and I you know I scraped it off and I was in a hurry and so I, I couldn't get all the ice off so I had to like drive with the window down <laughs> and I, I had a, a weezer CD on and I there was just this sublime moment where I was like all this stress and feeling like i rushed and everything and then just I don't know, everything just sort of faded away and it felt okay and it was it was a really subtle moment but um but I'd say that's probably one of my favorite memories from the recent past. Yeah. Why do you always buy wear
0: yourself wearing a
2: pink dress? <laughs> it's a f- funny story, I actually dislike pink very much <laughs> <laughs> It uh, it started. I feel like the first story where I really drew myself in that dress was something that was, the the tempo of it was sort of like cute, cute, horrible. And to contrast those, you know, those different differing parts of that story structure, I drew a pink dress to sort of like offset that little cute little kid feeling, so that like the horrible part would be would have something to like bump against, I guess. <laughs> and uh, so I just drew myself that way ever since
0: you sell t-shirts and some things to have you
2: ever considered doing fine art prints fine art prints um, I, I hadn't considered doing it <laughs> I, I sort of have this complex about doing anything like special because I feel like that's saying like a, f- a friend of mine was trying to convince me to sell like signed prints and I feel like selling signed prints would be like hey look how special I am I'm charging like $15 extra because I did a squiggle on this one or like <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> maybe someday I'll get over that that mental hurdle and, and be able to do that for you guys. How are the dogs? They're good. <laughs> uh they're they're with a, a friend of ours being a pet sat right now. Uh we get we get picture updates from her. And, uh they're, they're really cute. We we miss them. I haven't seen the dogs in almost 2 weeks now. So That's probably been the longest I've gone without seeing them.
0: <laughs>
2: Is that a good way to remember anything? I that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that, but that's actually, that's actually a legitimate concern, now that you bring that up. <laughs> it's okay. We'll, we'll work through it. I'm sure, like, you know, if she doesn't recognize me, we'll form a new friendship together, and she'll... I mean, because she loves everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah she, she loves everyone, so I'm sure she'll love new me as much as she loved old me. <laughs> Mom. My mom? Does she remember my mom? mom. Oh, my mom is good. She's great now. Yeah, she, so a funny story about my mom. She refused to read any of the book um, stories before I would release the book because she ordered it on Amazon and she wanted to, like, get her money's worth out of the... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
2: she, she really wanted, she's like, no, don't tell me anything. I want to I wanna wait until I get it on my doorstep and then read it, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Um I'll have to ask her about that. I don't know if she's read it yet or if she's had time. Um I haven't talked to her. Let's see, I talked to her on Tuesday. So I'll have to I'll have to talk to her tonight and see see how she uh, see how she what she thought of that one. <laughs> Do
0: your family's recollections
2: of the weird things you as a kid ever differ from yours? Ex- um, I think so my, my mom has a little bit of, it, that, that whole area is a little bit of a blank spot for her because I was, she was so sleep deprived and just stressed the entire time because I was such an awful, horrible child. <laughs> she she remembers most of it. Like if I if I bring it up and say, "Hey, do you remember this?" She'll be like, "Oh yeah!" And we can talk about it a little bit, but she doesn't remember surprisingly in as much detail as as I might. Um, she remembers stuff like from uh, there's a post in here called "Lost in the Woods," Then mm-hmm. she she remembers stuff from like that era of my growing up a lot better than like the early childhood stuff because probably because like I'd sort of grown out of my like total psychopath stage. <laughs>
1: can you eat
2: sugar safely now? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know if if it was ever truly the sugar. It was more just the fact that I couldn't have sugar. I, w- I was drunk on the power of doing something I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Two, more Two more questions. Okay. What? Oh gosh, it was, that was more one of necessity. I had a, a group of friends who would ride their bikes around town, and uh, for a good year, I would say I would just run next to their bikes <laughs> while they would while they would bike around. And after a while, you know, they started getting faster at biking, and I wasn't able to keep up. And so I, I had to learn how to ride a bike. And I remember it was just this terrifying experience. I used my, my friend Joey's bike, and it was it was too big for me, and it was like this fancy mountain bike with like that I, I didn't I. I'd, uh, growing up learning how to do like the pedal brakes and so like I was totally mystified by the hand brakes and I just didn't get like oh well if you squeeze you know this one you're going to go over your handlebars. And so so there are a few more spills but I, I eventually did learn how to ride a bike. <laughs> okay last question. Um, I
1: think I know I found your blog and probably a few other people did through Jamie mm-hmm. blog
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: so we we keep toying around with the idea. We've never met in person, and we keep toying around with the idea of doing this like Thelma and Louise style, like Southwest trip, um, like just a road trip. And uh, I, I might I might uh, finally try to make that happen at some point this next year. <laughs> Okay. Is that that's it? All right. So we start the the writing on things part.